0: What are the potential pros and cons for the Baltimore Ravens when it comes to a potential DeAndre Hopkins signing? We break that all down and a lot more coming up next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We're here, as always, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us today. After Memorial Day, happy Memorial Day or post-Memorial Day to everybody. We're free and available, all podcasting platforms, including over in video for more on YouTube. You can subscribe for free, both in video form or audio form, wherever you listen. It's the same show, both audio and audio and video so if it's your first time in here listening to Locked On Ravens if you're in every day you listen every single day or if you're somewhere in between welcome in to the show here and again five days a week Ravens content Monday through Friday so if you have a friend or family member also who wants Ravens perspective on things wants Ravens content throw them over our way here on Locked On Ravens here today though we're continuing our DeAndre Hopkins conversation now yesterday I, I did post an episode on Memorial Day if you haven't checked that out highly recommend you do so. We talk a bit about if DeAndre Hopkins still makes sense for the Ravens, even though they have signed Odell, they've drafted, Zay Flowers. Today, we're going to get into pros and cons. We kind of touched on it a tad, a, a very small amount in yesterday's show, but I want to dive into more of what would the pros be signing DeAndre Hopkins for the Ravens, what would the cons be, and what would that look like? So we'll, we'll do pros in the first segment, go, go positive for a segment. Then go cons in the second segment. And then in the final segment, I actually want to talk about if the Ravens are actually just done signing for agents. Cause look, there's we we we've identified needs, corner, edge, maybe a DeAndre Hopkins. Wide receiver is not a need for him. That'd be more of a luxury. But at the same time, maybe Baltimore just looks at their roster and says, Hey, you know what? We like the guys. Let's just look at what we have until after the preseason. So we'll look at that potential possibility. In the final segment, let's start off first, though, on the show with pros for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, for those who do not know, DeAndre Hopkins was released by the Arizona Cardinals The two parties split in ways on Friday. And boys, it stirred up some controversy in terms of where DeAndre Hopkins could land next because he could go a lot of places and he, he would impact any team he goes to. He is that good. He would impact any team. So let's start there. DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is still a top 10 wide receiver in this league. In my opinion, and look, I've been consistent in saying this even before the Odell thing happened, DeAndre Hopkins was my number one target for the Ravens at wide receiver. Doesn't mean I'm unhappy with the Odell signing. I think it was, again, a necessary overrated. that I think will actually pay off for the Ravens, but DeAndre Hopkins is better than Odell Beckham Jr. At this point, that's not a slight Odell. Again, it's definitely not that, but DeAndre Hopkins is just that good. So with signing DeAndre Hopkins, it would bring you a player who you, you know is proven, who hasn't necessarily been super injury prone. I know the last couple of seasons, you know, you you look at what happened after he had played in pretty much almost every game over the course of his first eight years in the league, 10 games in 2021, nine games in 2022. Now for the nine games in 2022, there was a six game suspension there, but Hopkins still, you kind of look at players, where I I made this point on yesterday's show. I talked with Alex Clancy, who's the host of Locked On Cardinals on our network here, and he said that the the DeAndre Hopkins situation is nothing like the Julio Jones situation, where, look, we're very familiar with that here on Locked On Ravens because we talked about Julio Jones for, I don't even want to remember how long, (laughs) when when that speculation trade, free agent signing. But Julio, you knew that there was that injury risk, and, and in fact, a high injury probability with him, DeAndre Hopkins is not that. The Cardinals didn't release him because of that. The timelines just didn't match up for a contending team. If the Cardinals were contenders, they wouldn't release DeAndre Hopkins like that. There was no other issue, I think, besides the timeline factor in freeing up cap space for 2024 in the direction that organization is going and whether it involves Kyler Murray or not. So if the Ravens were to sign him, they'd be getting a certified baller, a playmaker, in my, in my opinion. Still a top 10 wide receiver. I think another pro to this entire thing is the fact that it continues stacking and adding depth to a wide receiver room. But look, we've talked about it for who knows how long, you know, dating back to the Ravens franchise history here. Ravens wide receiver room has been a weakness for a lot of years. And even the Lamar Jackson era, you look at that, this right now as it is, with Odell, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, etc. those That that group, without DeAndre Hopkins, is already the best wide receiver group Lamar Jackson has ever had in, in his pro NFL career by a, by a very, very wide margin. You add DeAndre Hopkins to that, your top four guys or DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers with Devin DuVernay, Nelson Aguilar, and then the other guys like Adante Demas or James Perciate, Taylor Wallace. That, that's incredible. But just focusing on the top four guys, Odell, DeAndre Hopkins, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, that that's incredible. And look, is it realistic that Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman play both full 17 game seasons? It's possible. I wouldn't bet money on it personally, because we know Odell's working back and he has worked back from that ACL. Rashad Bateman has had a couple injuries over the course of his first two years. It's been very frustrating for him. So while those two guys could bounce back and play in a big way, If one of them goes down, the way the Ravens have built the room, even without DeAndre Hopkins, I still feel confident. We talked about that yesterday, the confidence level in the wide receiver group, even without DeAndre Hopkins. I still feel confident because of the fact that they have depth there and they have guys who can step up and who have stepped up in big rules. Like Devin DuVernay is your number four or five guy compared to him being your number two last year. DuVernay showed a lot of flashes. There's been hate on Devin DuVernay again. I think it has to do with the contract and the cap hit because he's hit multiple incentives due to his special teams ability and, and Pro Bowl you know, accolades and all that. But adding Hopkins would give you just, I think, ultimately the best wide receiver core in the NFL, at least at least number two behind Cincinnati. So to me, I think Hopkins in that area would, would be amazing. Also, the fact that. Again, he kind of listed out what he's looking for in an organization. I think Hopkins would buy in. For Hopkins, it's all about buying in. And another pro to this whole situation is I think Hopkins would buy in because of the way the offense has shifted from Greg Roman to Todd Munkin. And then also, I think the fact that he wants to play with Lamar, that's another huge thing here. Part of the situation is he wants to play with the quarterback. It's not like you're bringing him in and he kind of has to feel out the quarterback situation. And, you know, do I want to play with this guy? Do I like this guy? DeAndre Hopkins is on record very recently saying that he would love to play with Lamar Jackson one day. Maybe, Maybe that day is soon. So for Baltimore, I think there's a lot that you can do here. And I know there there are some, we'll talk about this a tiny bit more in the second segment. It's more of a second segment conversation, but the whole luxury versus need pick in terms of like, where would you go for the Ravens? Would you sign a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins for luxury, or would you sign needs like corner or edge? Well, to me, the Ravens are in the business of adding good football players. I've said that time and time again, and DeAndre Hopkins is one heck of a football player. So to me, if you're adding a good player, that's a pro in itself. We talked about a top 10 wide receiver. If you're passing that, if you're not even, look, if the Ravens look into it, the contract isn't there and it's it's more money than they're willing to spend, then fine. At least you looked into it and you said, all right, let's kick the tires on this guy. See what's up. If you're not looking into it at all, like even not just having a conversation, if you're a contender just to see where it's at, I don't know. I think Baltimore should at least have a conversation. Baltimore has also been interested in DeAndre Hopkins in the past. And another pro is the fact that Hopkins did get released. So the contract, while I still think he's going to be looking for a pretty substantial deal, it's not going to be what was like a $19 million base salary that he had if he were to get traded over to Baltimore and then the the other year on top of that. It's now free reign. Hopkins can sign a one-year deal. He can sign a two-year deal. He can sign more than that. I, w- I would anticipate, and you know, Alex Clancy kind of echoed maybe like a two-year, twenty-two million, two-year, twenty-four million. Which the Ravens, right now, we, we kind of look at who are these teams who are involved. We've heard that the Chiefs, the Bills, the Browns, etc. Baltimore, out of all those teams, those four I just mentioned, currently have the highest amount of salary cap space right now, even without restructures, eleven point seven million, right around there. You look at the other teams I just talked about. The Browns, $6.9 million in cap space, right around $7 million. The Bills, $1.4 million. The Chiefs, 652000 So if the Chiefs or Bills don't make any moves to get more money to sign DeAndre Hopkins, money-wise, the Ravens actually make a lot of sense. I mean, let's just go off the list of teams here. Jacksonville, Los Angeles, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Patriots, the Saints, the Bengals, the Texans, the Packers, the Colts, the Lions, the Cardinals, and the Panthers, and the Bears. All the teams that have more salary cap space, you know, I know there have been some rumblings on maybe the Patriots wanting to make a move there, but other than that, I mean, the Ravens are positioned, and that's again even without restructure, so they could sign DeAndre Hopkins and maybe make a couple more moves here, and it, it wouldn't necessarily be you're committing all this money for multiple seasons. Maybe they add a void year or two, and now we can say that because they've done it with Odell and they've done it with Lamar, but. I don't know. I feel like there are plenty of pros when it comes to signing DeAndre Hopkins, just just alone in the fact that he would make this offense better that I think is going to be better anyway, regardless of him. But it would make this Ravens offense even better. And the fact that I think it would come at a lot cheaper of a price than it would have if they traded for him. No, no draft capital also is a huge pro in, in this conversation that it wouldn't cost him anything. And then also the fact that I think he would buy into the Ravens' culture. I, I love all those things about it. But with pros, do come cons, and we'll talk about the cons of potential sanity as happening for to the Baltimore Ravens in our second segment. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to dive into on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't all the sugar and calories, then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever in Built. And if you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you with built bars and built puffs. Built bars are healthy and they taste amazing. And they taste so amazing, you won't even think they're good for you because they do taste that good. And what makes them so good is for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. And then they have 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you need to wait to get a boxer. He's been talking about ordering built bars at built.com. And I can get them at the local Walmart or Sam's Club. I can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That said, head to nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If close to a Sam's Club, run and grab a thirteen-bar box of that flavor, such as brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens Tuesday Style Taco Tuesday. Of course, Kevin Ostriker still here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Ravens, making us your first listen each and every day. Here we talked about the pros of potentially signing Andre Hopkins for the Ravens in the first segment. Let's get into the cons here in the second segment. I do think there are two sides of the story, and I think I think both are important to tell, honestly, because while I am on board with signing DeAndre Hopkins for the Ravens, I do understand that there would be potential issues if they were to make the move. I think one con that you look at is where does he fit? I mean, I think DeAndre Hopkins is so good where he can fit in any offense in terms of actual skill and talent, and you know you don't really have to devise a role for him because he is just that guy. But I'm talking more of who snaps do you limit, who snaps do you take away. I think a lot of Ravens fans are excited for Rashad Bateman. DeAndre Hopkins is better than Rashad Bateman. Like, don't get me wrong there, but Rashad Bateman is good enough to where you don't need need DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I think Bateman is a perfectly serviceable number two guy who can turn into a number one guy and maybe surpass Odell. But with DeAndre Hopkins, if he does come in, if DeAndre Hopkins is signed, is that taking away from Rashad Bateman? I, I think it honestly would it take away from Rashad Bateman and take away from Zay Flowers. Now, having the proven option, the guy who has that that's another pro in the situation is Hopkins is a proven veteran, has had the you know 1,000-yard receiving seasons in six of his first eight years and, and just is someone who's made big play after big play. So do you want to rely on that guy or do you want to rely on a couple of young guys in a third-year player with Rashad Bateman and a first-year guy in Zay Flowers – now Hopkins bring, coming in, I mean, look, in, in the short term, he'd be great, but would, would it hinder the development of Rashad Bateman? And I made this point on yesterday's show, and it's kind of an odd comparison, but just, just hear me out with it. The J.K. Dobbins situation. Now, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, you know, we've, they've been splitting reps for Baltimore. Both of them got injured in 2021, but they've been the, the no bell cow situation in Baltimore. They've been a committee there. Dobbins is someone who I think deserves more carries. That's not saying Edwards doesn't deserve to be a part of the offense. Edwards is still really good and very underrated in my opinion, but Dobbins is coming up on a contract year this year. And with the way that his situation has played out, I don't think he's had the full ability to go out there and maybe show everything that he has. Now, if he has a huge breakout year this year, he's going to get a huge contract. But again, what is, what is the usage going to look like with Dobbins who, you know, we've seen him pretty much historically get, 10 carries, 11, 12, 13. He's barely had any carry, any games with over 15 carries. That could mess his money up potentially. With Rashad Bateman, if DeAndre Hopkins is going in there, you know, catching all these balls, taking snaps away from Bateman, is that is that going to mess Bateman's potential money up if that happens? Now, I think for Bateman, he would embrace the opportunity to learn under a guy like Odell and a guy like DeAndre Hopkins You know, getting snaps taken away from you, getting catches, all that. I'm sure it's not the the best feeling in the world, but I I think I don't believe Rashad Bateman to be a selfish guy like that. I I just don't. I don't see it in his DNA. I don't see it with what we've seen from him as both a player and a person. And it's not like Odell and DeAndre Hopkins are 10-year solutions at the wide receiver position. So I think a con for some people is that it takes away from Rashad Bateman if it happens. It takes away from Zay Flowers if it happens. It would. It would definitely. But I think that would be still worth it, and I think Bateman would still be a big part of the offense, as would Zay Flowers because this isn't a Greg Roman offense where wide receivers get four targets a game. You're going to get Odell with huge target numbers. You you would get DeAndre Hopkins with huge target numbers, Bateman's, Flowers. They would have those games. Would it be every game if you had a, a four-deep group like that? Probably not. But I still think that even if it's just for a year with DeAndre Hopkins, it, it would benefit Rashad Bateman. But some people do have the viewpoint, and, and I can understand where they're coming from, where, look, it would take away from Rashad Bateman. Would that hinder development? So that that's one aspect of this whole thing. Another is the luxury versus need conversation. We talked about it a tiny bit in the first segment. But, you know, we we can face reality here. The Ravens wide receiver room, which has been a weakness for them, which has been a need for them for, again, however many years you want to go back, is not one anymore, at least for not not right now. Odell, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Devin DuVernay, Nelson, Naglar, et cetera. Those guys make the room, one, good talent-wise, two, very deep in the event of with last year, you knew if Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay went down, it was over. Spoiler alert, it was, in fact, over when it happened. But now you have, if Odell has to miss a couple games, if Rashad Bateman has to miss a couple games, if someone has to miss the season or someone gets injured severely and has to miss the rest of the year, they have guys who can step up, step up, step up, guys who have proven it either as veterans or in their short time in the league. So do you really need DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like, does it still make sense? I still think it does make sense, but it's, it's definitely not a need. It's not their biggest need right now. Their biggest needs right now, It's corner and edge, you know? It it absolutely is. Even with Rack Rakessian being brought in, I still think a guy like a Marcus Peters would make sense. Doesn't really, honestly, with each day that passes, it seems less and less likely that happens, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see if he's maybe on the Ravens' short list of guys that they bring in. But then edge is another huge one with, you know, Dafa and David Ajabo have looked good so far, apparently, you know, in in drills and OTAs. But can you rely on those guys for a full 17-game season? Would you rather them bring in a guy like a Yannick Ngakwe, Leonard Floyd, Jadavion Clowney, Justin Houston even? So there are those questions to answer where a con would be if you sign DeAndre Hopkins to a deal, if that takes away from adding a cornerback or adding an edge when you really need that and then that comes back to bite you, you've made the wrong move. Now, I think DeAndre Hopkins would benefit from being in this offense and the offense being better with DeAndre Hopkins, I think would benefit the defense to lessen the need for a corner or an edge rusher, but that's just kind of like big brain thinking. I I still think there is an argument to be made that the Ravens should, you know, kind of hold off on the the DeAndre Hopkins and sign a corner and an edge instead, which I, I understand that conversation for sure. Another aspect of this is the age factor for DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins will be turning 31 in just a couple days here at the beginning of June. June 6th will be 31 years old. Not that I think, you know, again, for other players at that age, you you see sometimes, again, like Julio Jones is, is an example of this, massive injuries. There aren't a ton of injury concerns with DeAndre Hopkins. But this isn't like you're getting a 26-year-old wide receiver. I think DeAndre Hopkins is still at the end of his prime. He's still, he's still in his prime right now, I think, but, you know, again, nearing the end of it. So are you, you know, maybe taking the risk that this is the year that maybe he continues to, oh, is is, is there going to be a, a downswing in production this year? Can you take that risk? And then if that risk doesn't pay off, is there is there backlash because the Ravens, again, didn't sign a corner or didn't sign an edge rusher? There is that situation. And you know, other than that though, I don't really see a ton of major cons outside of that. You know, is it taking away from the younger guys? Is Hopkins, you know, preparing for a down swing in his I still I still think Hopkins has two to three really, really good years left. If Baltimore has him for two of those years or one of those years, that, that benefits their team. So I think again, there's a story to tell with every side of this thing good, bad pros, cons. But DeAndre Hopkins is somebody that I think would really benefit from being with the Ravens. And I think the Ravens would really benefit from having him. But, you know, even if they do sign him, th- there'd be a risk that comes with it. You know, that there, there would be some questions that came with it, especially, I think, in the roster construction department. And coming up in our final part of the show, we'll be diving into if the Ravens might just be done <laughs> until the end of the preseason with making roster moves. So be sure to stay tuned for that. An interesting conversation still up here on Locked on Ravens. We return here, our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin is still here with you again. Thank you for being here with us today on the show. I, I really appreciate it. it. Is we're again five days a week here, Monday through Friday. So subscribe on YouTube, subscribe in audio form as well. You won't miss an episode here. We we are five days a week. Full Ravens, obviously, here in the offseason. It's kind of like the lull period. Again, we've had OTAs a little bit, but it is interesting to kind of see how everything shapes up over the course of an entire offseason, and especially one as crazy as this has been, right, with the Lamar Jackson situation. I feel it's been such a relief to kind of have that weight off of, I know, my shoulders, and I'm sure for the organization off of theirs, for Lamar off of theirs, for so the fan base, of course, off of theirs as well. But it's just been such a crazy, wacky, wild offseason. We now have a little bit of a chance to relax here and just talk a little bit about expectations for 2023. And I know part of that is, with the way the roster construction has happened for the Ravens over the course of the past couple months, could they just be done? You know, could they just look at their roster right now and say, you know what, we're going to wait until after the preseason, maybe a couple weeks into the year to make another move. Realistically, the Ravens probably make another move, right? But I think there is a possibility that the Ravens will look at their roster, look at their guys and say, we feel comfortable enough. Enough is the key word in every position to not make a move. And part of that, again, you look at the two knees that I talked about in the second segment, corner and edge. They have Marlon Humphrey. We know who Marlon Humphrey is. We don't have to talk about him. Top five guy at least. You know, he's top five and he's not five. So that's a guy that you know you have a very solid option. Brock is a, a solid number two, number three guy. But then other than that, it's young guys. J.L.R. Davis, Pepe Williams, a guy like Blue Kelly, Trayvon Mullen. Do they want to just figure out what they have there. We we talked about the whole taking snaps away. Let's say they bring in a Marcus Peters and he, you know, I think it's the right move, but let's just say they do it. And it forms the tandem of Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Rakessin, but then he takes away snaps because Peters is an outside guy. Rakessin is an outside guy. Mar- Marlon Humphrey can play inside, but you probably want to have him play on the outside because although he can play inside, he's good at that. You don't. I don't think you want to use them in there. So I, I don't know what happens at that point. Do you take away snaps from other young players to sign a veteran? I, I don't know. I, I feel like Baltimore really does want to see what they have in those players. Now, that is a risk because if it doesn't work out and there isn't a guy there for you to sign, like if Marcus Peters isn't there or if someone else you don't feel comfortable in isn't there or you, who you do feel comfortable in isn't there, then that's a big problem in a recipe for disaster. It's the same thing edge-wise. Do you want to give Adafi Owe and David a job with these roles? I mean, I think in a way they kind of have to, but do you want to have the extra insurance at outside linebacker to say a Justin Houston or a Yannick Ngakwe, Leonard Floyd, or David and Clowney or, or kind of the four names I've identified. Do you want to make sure you have that? We can't forget about Ty Bowser in that room for sure, but it's really, it's, it's a three deep room right now. Are you comfortable enough if you're the Ravens with that to go into the preseason and say, you know what, we want to see what we have with Tavius Robinson. We want, we want to see what we have with some of these other younger guys. But the thing is, there's just there's just not a lot there. So I would be pretty wary if the Ravens didn't make a move, especially at those two positions. But look, we, we see guys get released every single year, especially with you know the cap casualty situations and just how things work out that way. And every year, there's this one guy who we don't expect to be cut, and then everybody says oh, he's an incredible fit in Baltimore. This is the absolute move. This should be it. So if the Ravens go out and and they save their money, they have the $11 million they can restructure, and then a guy gets released at corner or edge who the Ravens say, oh, wow, this, this was not expected whatsoever, then that's a huge win for them. They can go out there and at least make an attempt to sign that guy And we know that the Ravens also love to keep a couple million dollars open in salary cap space every single season in the year to go out there, make some moves. Potentially, you know, the 2019 team was a prime example of this, where things weren't working on defense week three and week four against Kansas City and Cleveland. They gave up 500 total yards in both those games. So what does Eric Nicasa do? He goes out there, he signs lj he signs Josh Bynes a couple weeks later, trades for Marcus Peters. The Ravens make moves and I think the the in-season adjustments that Eric Acosta made that year were very impressive. He's done that obviously with trades over the course of his general manager career with Baltimore. So that's an area where if Baltimore doesn't feel like there's a guy that moves a needle for them, cuz look, we're not in March anymore. This isn't like everybody's available in free agency and all of a the sudden there are 15 good corners and 15 great edge rushers who are lined up waiting to sign with the Ravens. That's just not how it works this late in the off season. So they might be waiting for an opportunity to see who else becomes available or in the middle of the year. We know the Ravens have the, what's the word, like a short list type deal. We've seen it with Des Bryant. We, we honestly saw it with Rocky Asin where they'll bring someone in. And they'll kind of keep him on a short list. I mean, Alejandro Villanueva was kind of this way. I I wish it wasn't with the way the signing went. But it's where they bring a guy in and they'll say, you know, we really like you, but we're not going to sign you until this point in the offseason. Compensatory pick formulas has some, has had something to do with that. But also the fact that, for example, Des Bryant is one that a lot of people have and, and comes to mind for a lot of different people when the Ravens didn't necessarily need him, but then they they decided eventually they did, and they brought him in. He had a couple touchdowns for Baltimore. So that's where maybe Baltimore with an Adrian Amos, potentially, who visited with the Ravens, and, and there have been connections there. We talked about him on a show a couple weeks ago. Maybe it's for Adrian Amos, where they get to the end of the preseason and a guy goes down, because that's the other thing, right? The whole injury situation where if you have like obviously corners still need, obviously edges still need. But if guys go down during the preseason, during training camp, and you need somebody else, if you've already spent all your money and, and you barely have any money left, you've used all your avenues, then at that point or, or you just settle, honestly. Like if you just settle, you overpay guys. That's not a formula to me that, that's sustainable because of the fact that once guys go down like that, you're either you're either signing minimum players because you spent your money and you have nothing left or you, you have planned for this, which the Ravens have done. I'm not saying they don't, they have done this, but you plan for it and you're able to get a guy that maybe gets cut at the end of of the preseason and then you bring him in. So would I say that, you know, it's likely Baltimore doesn't make a move until the end of the preseason. No. I mean, I still think it is, whether it is DeAndre Hopkins, whether it is Marcus Peters, Adrian Amos, Justin Houston, et cetera. But I don't know, because the way you look at Baltimore's roster, the offense, in my opinion, even without DeAndre Hopkins, on paper, and again, it's very different on paper versus actually on the field, but on paper looks really solid to me. Now, I know that there's going to be some adjustments putting in Todd Munkin's offense and installing that, but it looks good. I mean, defensively, you look at, corner and and edge, maybe defensive line. They they did sign Angelo Blackson. So, you know, that's a veteran guy who Roquan Smith spoke very highly of because they played in Chicago together. But again, it's like, what is a needle moving move? DeAndre Hopkins is absolutely a needle moving move. I think Marcus Peters could be one. I think adding an edge could be one, but it depends what the Ravens feel and what they're confident. We did a confidence check on a show recently it's what the Ravens feel confident in with their roster right now. I don't think Baltimore is done, but there is a possibility. I would not be necessarily shocked, maybe I'm just super reverse jinxing it, but I don't know. But maybe Baltimore just doesn't make a move until the end of the preseason and says, "Let's just roll with what we have, trust some of these young guys, and figure it out from there." I think that's a risk. I personally wouldn't do it, but who knows? Baltimore knows the guys that they have. They know their personnel. So we'll see what ends up happening over the course of these next couple of days, weeks, months, as we lead up into the 2023 season. But that's all I have you here today on Locked On. Ravens, thank you so much for tuning in today. When we get back here tomorrow, more Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.